Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name is Ray Heron. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Now we did plan on bringing you this episode as part four of our Great Rides of New Zealand series at the start of the year. Thanks very much to Motomark. Unfortunately, one thing led to another and, you know, probably COVID kicked in somewhere in there as well and we weren't able to bring it to you then. So we are going to bring it to you now. This episode is a very long one. One, but there's a lot in it to unpack and it is Ben Wilkins, editor of Kiwi Rider magazine, his trip around the bucket list rides of Canterbury and Central Otago. He covers a lot of those well-known rides, Lewis Valley, Okoku Pass, Danzies Pass, Mackenzie Pass, Old Dunstan Road, Porica Track, Molesworth Road, Hakataramia Pass, Nevis Road, just to name a few. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Crack a cold one, sit back, relax, enjoy this 70-minute epic ride tour of Canterbury and Otago adventure riding. Take it away, Ben. Hello, this is Ben, editor of Kiwi Rider. I'm on a summer roadie, the great Kiwi tradition. Um, I'm aboard a BMW R80GS that I bought relatively recently after spending a couple of years playing around with our publisher, Pete McPhee's R100GS. Um, the bike's new to me, but it's a 1992 model. And I don't know if you can hear the birds singing, uh, but today I'm sat at the Molesworth Muster Station um, on the middle of the um, Molesworth Road. I started out from Wellington this morning and it was a pretty breezy but easy crossing on Blue Bridge um, across to Picton. Uh, I carried on down to Blenheim and filled up with gas went across the Taylor Pass um, over the gravel uh, gravel road there and then hooked down right into the Molesworth. It's a beautiful day today. It's hot. The sun's shining. Um, You couldn't ask for anything better for a road trip, actually. So just like everyone else in New Zealand, I'm uh, not able to go abroad, so I'm making the most of what New Zealand's got to offer. So I've got my motorcycle and I'm, I'm just eating a gas station sandwich, a uh, bit of water and sitting in the shade. Um, it's very green up here uh, near the river. Uh, but when you get out into the more open and hillier sections away from the muster station, it's very dry, um, and I, it'll just get worse over the summer, I suspect. Um, but the river's got a decent amount of water in. Um, there's a light breeze, some very high, but very little thin cloud. Couldn't really ask for better. Um, today I'm heading through to Hanma Springs, and then have a coffee stop, and then from Hanma through to um, a friend's house near Okuku, uh, Rangiora. Um, 
that's where I'm staying tonight. I've got six or seven days. I'm back to home for the uh, for Chris, late Christmas Eve, and um, I'll. I'll update you as I go, where, where we're getting to, how the bike's going, um, and just bring you on this road trip with me. Okay, talk to you later. So, I've been through the rest of the Molesworth on the stretch down to uh, Hanmer Springs, which I've not done before. Um, so it was all new from the Seven Sedgemere Track Junction. Uh, there's a, uh, a bridge there. So from there onwards, that was all fresh, fresh gravel for me, which was a great, uh, a great ride actually. Um, such beautiful country, so desolate, so so big. If you ever get a chance to get down there, take it. It's just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Proper New Zealand high country. It's desolate, wild, beautiful. Um, the gravel roads are great. There was, I, I think I saw one camper van at the Molesworth muster station and that was it on the way down I had a choice of taking the normal road or through Jolly's Pass and I went over Jolly's Pass which was actually a nice little ride there was a few um, bits of water washout to negotiate and um, it was a bit more probably the most demanding part of the ride even though it wasn't really that demanding Um, it it was a nice pass over uh, down at Ahanma, where I picked up a, uh, a local bottle of wine before heading on down to Rangiora and uh, Akuku, where I'm now sat um, having a glass of that wine with Gary Williams from the BMW Motorcycle Club Aotearoa. Um, and readers, readers, listeners will um, probably remember Gary from uh, one of the High Beam episodes um, and also from the BMW Club uh, National Rally from last year, um, last January, when myself and Doug rode down from Rotorua to Blenheim and we did the Molesworth Rainbow Loop. So I'm sat here with Gary. Um, He's going to be helping me out on this roadie uh, that I'm doing at the moment. And uh, so... Hello, Gary. How, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, thank you. Um, just matching your wine with a choice drop of Rogue Hop Pilsner, another good New Zealand brew. Mm, no, I, I've had that one. That's a good one. Um, I see you're nestling in your in your arms a uh, copy of the New Zealand Motorcycle Atlas. Absolutely. Um, can't go anywhere without that these days. I'm an old school boy with a map. Um, but largely it's um, used for reminiscing of places we've been um, rather than mapping new stuff out. Um, so it's, uh, a, it's a really good resource. It's, um, it's written by a good friend of ours, used to be in the club, Peter Mitchell, and um, I'm fortunate enough to have a couple of copies. They're pretty hard to come by now. And um, I like them because the uh, Peter put a lot of time into mapping out some of his favourite rides um, which funnily enough just coincide with stuff that I like to do um, but there's so much more in there it's um, it's good to sort of look through and see where else you can go um, just using some of the same routes and stitching them together so yeah yeah do a lot of do a lot of reminiscing and a bit of bit of planning with it 
Yeah, I've I've got a copy of it that I inherited with the editorship at uh, Kiwi Rider. It was on the on the uh, bookshelf, and uh, I thought, oh, this looks interesting. And as you say, it's a great resource. I've um, used it to plan rides in places that I didn't know. Hmm. And when you haven't known anyone in that local area, to have that is just like having a a local mate to tell you where to go. Absolutely. Um, And and to be fair, there's there's heaps of really good resources out there to help plan um, any sort of ride, really. Um, Another friend of ours, Josh... Martin, he has um, he, he runs Remote Moto, the the website, um, and I mean that is just an amazing resource. He's got um, truckloads of really good adventure routes um, available for a small fee, um, um, GPX files, and um, you can stitch those together, and you could do a you know you could do a eleven day trip, um, and pretty much not see any any sealed roads anywhere. Um, so that's a good resource. There's there's others on there that uh, there's a there's a a site that's mapped out all the gravel roads in New Zealand. So what's your go-to? Um, the go-to is is Remote Motu. Um, they they Josh is good because he grades the routes. So um, you know if you're a, a novice adventure rider, first time out on gravel type of thing, there's a whole lot of grade one routes which are easy and fun to do. Um, right up to the nutters on the, you know, the KTM 400 EXEs and mm. um, some of the guys on the on the Husqvarna 501s and stuff who like to get right up in the high country and stay in the huts and cross rivers with massive boulders and do all that gnarly stuff grade five. Um, you can take your pick. Yeah, there's truckloads of it around and everything in between. So, you know, if you want to challenge yourself a wee bit, um, grab a couple of grade three routes and try them out. There's plenty around down the South Island. So, do you use a GPS or a phone or a map um, or a mixture? What, what, what do you none use? None of the above, really. I use my nose. Um, I have a relatively good sense of direction. Um, I put it this way: I know where north is, um, and east and west is relatively easy because at some stage you're going to hit water. Um, I use my GPS largely. Um, because I get lost and I just push the home button and it tells me how to get back. Um, that for me is a bit more adventurous. I, I just like to see where roads go. Sometimes they don't go anywhere. Um, other times they end up at a, a farm. You knock on the door of the homestead and ask whoever's there whether or not you can go through. And um, I found a couple of places where, um, you know, there's a, a little private holding um, that actually stitches a couple of really good roads together Um, and knocking on the door and talking to someone um, you learn a lot about the local area I quite like doing that yeah I bet so no and I only I bought the GPS I was never a big fan but I bought the GPS um, when uh, a few friends and I went to South America in god it must be years ago now 2014 and we followed the Dakar around, and you had to have one. Um, not only because South America's massive, so you need to know where you're going, but um, the the night before the bike started, um, you know, they're travelling through the desert and, you know, in the middle of nowhere, and you want to go and see them, the rally coordinators would give you a set of coordinates 
um, you plug them in your GPS and you go to those coordinates and they were the best spots to see the bikes as they came past. Oh, did, so did you end up riding some of that same route? That yeah, you were yeah, yeah, that was, um, that was pretty... That was pretty fun because we had hired, um, we thought we had hired some 650 Hondas singles, but actually that fell through and they ended up giving us the 650 BMW twins, which are marginally heavier and um, not that flash and really deep sand, um, but a lot of fun. Yeah, it was really good. So I, when I got back, I thought I'd spent all this money on a GPS thing, so I, I, I shoved it on my bike and I... It's good around town when there's a road, you know, Christchurch is, since the earthquakes, it's just like roads close at the whim, somebody's whim, um, and the GPS is good because you can, you can look at the map while you're riding and go, well, that road's closed, but I can see one that goes around it. So, yeah, the detour signs never make a lot of sense. Yeah, that's one thing I do like uh, about either a GPS or a phone because when you've, when you've got a map, You've got no idea what the traffic's like, mm. whether there's roadworks, whether there's anything else. And it's nice to have that up to date. But for me, that's mostly about around town. I, I, I do like to have a map um, like that. The New Zealand um, Motorcycle Atlas, I've got that in my tank bag. Yeah. And that it's good for, for high level sort of broad strokes kind of planning. Yeah, it's funny because the, the recent um, Martinborough GS rally that we did, we had an option to either go old school and use the, the route sheet system that we've been using for years. I mean, I was using that system way back in the late 90s when John Nicholson and crew were running the BMW safaris and the, the route, part of the, part of the allure of going to those events was, um, you know, before you, the night before you started, you got handed out a whole bunch of A4 sheets and you had to cut them up and roll them into Stick your them old root sheet holder. Yeah. And, you you know, you got a sort of a sense about where you were going, but it was always a bit of a surprise. For the Martinborough GS Rally, I opted for the first time ever to to use a GPS file, you know, to use the GPX file that we were given. And how did that go? Um, it worked fine. It worked fine. But if I'm really honest, I missed the, I missed my root sheet holder. I really did. I'd given it to Joe because um, she was riding her her new little KTM 390 adventure. So that doesn't have a GPS on it. So she got the the, the root sheet holder that I'd um, that I'd had for for many years. Um, and um, yeah, she quite enjoyed that. I missed it. Well, one thing I like about the root sheets is. You know that between uh, the last junction and the next one, you've got 4.5 kilometres. Yeah. So you don't even have to look at anything for the next 4.5 k's. Um, you just glance down, look at your um, uh, uh, speedo, taco reading, and, oh, yep, yeah, here we go, we're at the junction I need. Whereas I, I tend to find if it's on the GPS and it's got a, a, a line, yeah. I tend to look at it while I'm riding it, yeah. just in case I might have missed Mind it. You, that's all premised on making sure you're on the right instruction. There's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. been many a lost soul using John Nick's route sheets. But nevertheless, um, the, you know, the, for me, the whole point of um, riding the bike that I do and taking it the places that I go is to find new stuff. Mm. Um, 
I've done a lot of it, you know. I've, I've spent many years riding around all different parts of New Zealand, and every time I go back there, there's, there's just, you, know, you can't do it all. Um, well, but there are the go-to places that we do. That's go. where your follow the nose thing will work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll just have a quick look up here. Yeah. And I'll it, yeah, see it what's just down here. Takes a bit of extra time, but when you're out on the bike, you know, and you've got all day, then why not use it? Why not use it? And I'm not, I'm not a great charger. I mean, I'm not, I'm not one of the guys that you know. I'm going to, I'm going to Danzy's Pass today, so I'm going to get there as fast as I bloody can. Um, I don't tend to do that, mm. um, but it, it's good. But then there's always the you know when you when you've got friends like yourself, you come down from Rotorua. Um, there's a couple of go-to places I will take people or I will send them to, um, who maybe not have experienced the uh, the area yet, um, and they, these are iconic spots. Like tomorrow, I mean. I'm really fortunate here in Okuku, our property backs onto the Okuku River and right across the river is the Okuku Pass. Um, and if you ride up over the Okuku Pass, it drops you down into the Lees Valley and um, you, you follow the hills around through the valley, you cross the Ashley River a couple of times um, and you end up in Oxford. It's 80 kilometres of some of the nicest gravel in the, in, in the region. Um, I can go out onto the main road and I can be in Oxford in like 25 minutes. It's, it's like 37 k's on the, on the mm. highway. It's 80 k's around through the valley. It's just such a nicer, it's a much nicer ride. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Well, the, the whole premise of this trip was that um, I was coming down to um, uh, the South Island to uh, go, for a, go for a ride for a ticky tour before Christmas. And you said, right, I'll do you a route. So, what what have you? What are the highlights of what you've uh, been planning for for me? Well, the, I mean, the highlights are going to be tomorrow. We're going to we're, we're going to go through um, Okuka Pass and the Lees Valley. You've got to cross the Okuka River. That's always a bit of fun. Um, we haven't had any really substantial rain here for months. Um, so there's going to be nothing in the river. It's drizzling this afternoon, but that's not going to make any difference at all. Um, and then I can confirm it didn't even dump the dust down. No, nah, no. Nah. So, but it's always good to have a couple of people. So Alex Breed's going to join us in the morning and just come for a ride because he can. The secondary school teachers, they're not at work, and um, the three of us will have a, a fine time. We'll stop in at Sheffield, have a pie because that's what you do in Sheffield. Okay. Um, and then we'll shoot up. Is over there the, any particular pie I should be looking oh, out for? You could. They, they have so many different flavours. You can uh, venison and cheese is quite good. Is that your fave? No. <laughs> well, what's your favourite? My go-to is um, steak and cheese. <laughs> of course, I don't is. have them very often. Um, they're good pies though. And then we'll shoot up over Porter's Pass and hang a left at Lake Linden, and um, truck up over the. Torlesi range to Lake Coleridge we'll have plenty of time, we'll probably go out to Lake Coleridge, have a look at the inlet and then um, come back and um, hit Zigzag Road and drop down into the Rakaia Gorge and then um, shoot up the hill past Glenfellick Station and um, take a left into Methven have, have a beer or something and you can head on your way south and Alex can go back to where he lives, that's not far away, is Rolleston, and I, I will come back home. Um, 
that's a good couple of hundred k's. So if we if we leave here sort of half past nine ten, um, we'll have a nice day out. It'll be good. Um, but then. The, yeah, so the, where are you going to send me after that? Well, the, then um, you've only got a couple of options, really. One, you, you're, going to have to, you're going to have to head south. Um, going east isn't much good because you just get wet. Um, so I'm thinking take the inland route down to Geraldine. That's a nice way to end the afternoon, and um, you should stay the night in Geraldine because the next day, the, the bit between Geraldine and... Um, Pleasant Point in the Waitaki River is quite narrow, but within that real narrow stretch is some outstanding scenery. Um, there's quite a lot of beach forest, there's the Opihi River, um, there's the gravel roads for Africa, and some of them are quite stunning, particularly the ones I'm thinking about, Saddle Road, that sort of um, bridges the two valleys either side of the sort of the backbone of the hills that run along the, the south side of Geraldine. So I'm going to send you down um, south, sort of west of Geraldine a bit and then south so that you can track around down to Waitohi, um, out through Hanging Rock, um, you cross the Opihi River, but you'll be pleased to know there's a bridge because that's actually quite deep. <laughs> um, and I'm going to head you out to... Um, take a ride over Mount Gay, which is a favourite place for adventure riders to take photos of the signpost for some reason, but (laughs) there you go. But Mount Gay, it's it's not particularly tall, but the road that runs up the side of it and around it um, is is quite twisty, it's quite narrow, it's quite gravel, there's a couple of lifestyle blocks and a couple of huge farms up there, there's very little traffic, and it's just beautiful. and then you turn onto a thing called Rockford Road, and the first time I ever went on Rockford Road, I, I just couldn't believe my eyes. Um, Rockford Road carves through uh, a number of big dairy operations, and my understanding from the, from the locals is this road was purpose-built for the milk tankers that go up there to collect the milk. And you know, the, the road is wide enough that you can get four milk tankers together wow. side by side, and it is contoured beautifully. Um, and there are no real sharp corners because the milk tankers don't tend to handle that really well. It sounds so like sweeping it's, and, gravel and it's heaven. Long. It's like it's like 20 kilometres down to um, the Albury Highway, and it's just all this limestone chip. So the traction is amazing. And you've got this massive wide motorway thing, which just oh, you can have some fun. Yeah, <laughs> particularly on a on a big bore adventure bike, you know, you can yeah, just go a bit nuts. Um, and then you drop down onto the Albury Fairly um, or Albury Highway, you know, Pleasant Point to Fairly, and you you turn right and go along there a couple of k's and turn left into Cricklewood Road. Cricklewood's a tiny wee settlement. Um, it's smaller than Albury, and um, Cricklewood Road takes you out to Limestone Valley, which um, again is just you know big stations, um, gravel road, quite nice forest, and you truckle through the valley, and it takes you on to Waratah Road, which is the entrance to Waratah Station, and you ride along the sort of um, the south side of Waratah Station, and you're in all of a sudden you're in the Mackenzie's Pass. 
Um, and Mackenzie's Pass is probably one of the iconic gravel roads that everyone wants to do once in their lifetime. Um, I do it every opportunity I can to get down there because it's just such a nice ride. Um, and you end out, you end up um, out on Halden Road where largely you've got a choice about turning left and doing the Hecatera Mere Valley Road, which is just absolutely stunning. I mean, again, that's another one of those iconic routes that um, adventure motorcyclists, in fact, you, I, I've seen people go through there on Goldwings and Harleys and it's, <laughs> oh, just, wow. a, it's just a great, great road. There's a couple of little shallow um, creek crossings. They can be relatively full in the middle of winter and it snows up on the summit because you're at it's like 900 metres or something. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a popular route to Kura, from Tekapo to Kurao. Um, or you could choose to keep going um, along Holden Road down to the down to the lake and onto Black Forest Station, um, which again is a it's a it's a private station. Um, the guy there Ben um, Innes charges for access. It's about twenty bucks. He'll give you the combination to both the gates at each end. Oh yeah. Um, and that is a stunning ride. It's across two stations. You you cross Black Forest Station, which is a uh, an amazing ride, um, mostly going up until you're at the highest point and you're looking down across Lake Ohau and Lake Benmore and the view is just amazing. Um, and then you trickle down and you cross um, to Akatarawa Station um, and you end up parked on Benmore Dam and then you trickle out to the main road. You go right to Omarama or you go left to Kurao. Um I'm going to send you to Kurao, either okay. way. Yep. I mean, if you're on the Hekateramea Pass, you'll end up in Kurao. Um, you can gas up there, get something to eat, um, and then head east um, towards Duntroon and um, take a right-hand turn and you're into the Danzies Pass Road. And again, I mean, you, you mentioned Danzies Pass. It's, it's a go-to place yep. for adventure motorcyclists going south. They, the, the road is amazing. Um, th- th- there's not a lot of traffic. You, you got to watch out for the for the farmers and the tourists, but there's not a lot of traffic any time I've been through there. Um, and then, of course, you come across the Danzies Pub, which is I think it's one of the oldest stone pubs in the in the country. Um, it operates um, as a hotel. It's not your budget accommodation, but it's. It is what it is. It's a place to stay. It's fantastic. And the, the food there, the chef is amazing. Um, but it's a place to stop for a beer anyway, at the yeah, very least. absolutely. Um, and if you're looking for somewhere to stay the night, you just keep trucking on until you get to Naseby. Um, and Naseby's pretty cool. It's, a, it's an older place. From Naseby, you can do a, a, a sort of a side trip up to St Bathans, um, have a look at the lake. And um, it's a nice wee road up there, but you've got to come back out again. Um, and then... We'll, you'll, you'll head down to Middlemarch um, and take a take a right hand turn on to the old Dunstan Road, mm. um, which is, you know, that, that's a whole other world. You never quite know what you get on the Dunstan. Um, it's highly weather dependent. Um, probably this time of year it's not so bad. It could be a bit muddy in places. They've had a bit of rain down in Dunedin lately. Oh, have they? Um, yeah. And it doesn't dry out because it's just clay. <laughs> um, but when it's hot, it's um, amazing. In the winter, it snows up there. You can't get through it. But um, it's worth going to have a look, even if you can only go so far and turn around. It's no problem. But the old Dunstan Trail will take you right through to Alexandra. So um, 
there's plenty going on there. Um, I don't know if I'd do it by myself, but um, out of Alexandra, there's the Old Man Range. Um, again, that's a, a bit more of a challenge. Um, it's it's only about 60 k's. I remember one trip we had there. There was about 10 of us. Um, it took seven hours <laughs> to do 60 k's. Well, like you say, I'm on my own. Yes. So may, maybe not this. Maybe this not trip. this trip. But, but um, plenty to time. do outside of Alexandra and um, and and around Cromwell. Um, I think um, at the very least Thompson's Track. But um, there's 21 gates on that. So you really want to be more than one of you on that one? Yeah. But, to share um, the duties. To do gate duties. But, you know, terrace across to... Um, In fact, coming over the Molesworth um, There's a couple of gates today. Um, last time I came over, I think we only did one gate or two because they were closed. The rest said stay open. Yeah. This time, nearly all of them were like, shut this gate. Yeah, so I had to stop, been, keep going, stop, keep going. Because they've been mustering and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, if, and if you can make it as far down as Queenstown, then um, Skipper's Canyon's worth a, worth a look. Um, that, that's a, a nice trip in and out. Unfortunately, the homestead, a couple of years, the homestead out there burnt down, and that's what people go to see. Um, and they've got rafters and all sorts of tourist operations, yeah, but of course they're not operating much yeah, now. Somebody stayed there, <laughs> didn't they? And they um, lit a fire in the in the homestead um, not half. Clever, not clever. And it burnt the whole place down. Yeah, not clever. Um, and then you've got all the options about of getting back. I mean, you can you can come back up the middle again, or um, if you've not done it. Um, a trip up the west coast never goes amiss, mm. um, and you can get up into um, up into Hope and Richmond, and there's quite a lot of nice fire breaks um, from Hope up around to Nelson, and um, they're always good to go and have a look at. And you can't really get lost there because it's only the one road that's open. So <laughs> yes, yeah, and you can wind your way back. So there's um, plenty of opportunity. We can have a look through the map. Well, um, I reckon and I've it, written down a couple of directions. Well, I reckon it's um, it's time for a top up on the uh, on on the wine and the beer. So um, let's um, uh, dig into the detail, and um, we'll come back to this later. Hello, it's Saturday morning. No, technically Saturday lunch. I'm sat on a little patch of grass by a, a small stream uh, next to a ford in the only shade where I am. I'll get to that. So yesterday I didn't do a, a uh, podcast recording, but today, well, I'm hoping you can hear me because there's quite a lot of wind, but yesterday I was with Gary Williams from the BMW Club and he took us on a, a wonderful ride um, up through the Akuku Pass and then down into the Lewis Valley and uh, that was just beautiful and we ended up in the uh, little town of Sheffield to have uh, a pie some beautiful gravel roads out through that region always got to be careful though they were shifting beehives around so there were a lot of uh, uh, utes and trucks with uh, a vast quantity of bees on the back so of course when that happens you've got to have your uh, jacket done up in case one flies down your neck so it was hot with that but ah beautiful um if ever you get the opportunity i get a feeling this is going to 
be the same the whole way through that I'm going to say if you get the opportunity and you've got a bike that can do gravel go and do it um, but go and do it so yeah okay so I ended up in Geraldine last night and had a nice dinner there um, tried out the Canterbury lamb chops which were delicious couple of beers stayed in the camping ground at the top 10 which was impeccably clean I've not seen a campground like it so top 10 Geraldine you're doing a smashing job of uh, keeping that place tip top so this morning uh, Saturday morning so that was Friday this morning I packed up the tent um, very hot night in Geraldine um, and struck out um, on my own now and took the less trodden route along Hanging Rock Road um, out towards uh, Mount Gay and Mount Gay Pass Road and from from there it was out through Cricklewood and up through the Mackenzie Pass which was <laughs> I'm going to say it again beautiful absolutely barren nobody around um just a beautiful part of the country and as you come out of it when you're heading west you see the plains down in front of you and then you see the southern alps rising up it's just a beautiful sight and this gravel down here in the south island particularly this area it seems to be limestone chip which is very fine and doesn't roll around too much there's plenty of grip um, so coming down out of the Mackenzie Pass, there's just this long straight road. And I, I've hardly seen anybody all day. Uh, I think a c- couple of farmers in side-by-sides. But that's it. So coming out of the Mackenzie Pass, I took a left into the uh, Hakataramia Pass Road, which is where I'm sat now. Um, I've just had a lunch of avocado and some biltong. Uh, dried meat and I'm sat on the first river ford there's very little water in it Um, but it's looking from here on there's not going to be a lot of shade so I thought I'd take my lunch break and uh, refuel for for the dustiness and dryness that's ahead but this is out of this world there's nobody around um it's just a gravel road and it's a a minor gravel road um beautiful um that's an overused word i seem to uh figure out now Uh, i'm using it all the time but there's something about this well all of new zealand but this bit in particular that's just it's vast and you just feel so small and especially on a motorbike you're you're plonked right in the middle of it whereas in a car you're just isolated and you don't have that same feeling of exploring and and getting away from everything you're not cocooned in your little isolated air-conditioned glass and metal shell Um, and that's one thing that I'm enjoying about this um, Nolan N702X helmet the one that I spoke about a couple of days ago um, I took the chin bar off because I'm cruising along at 60k's, 70k's there's no traffic, there's no one around and it's so nice having the extra breeze and you feel much more open and airy um, so I'm enjoying that a lot but make sure you if you ever do have a chin bar that can be detached don't take it off and just 
stick it under a small bungee that you think will be big enough to hold it because I turned around after a, a river crossing and it was gone so I had to retrack uh, or retrace my steps for a couple of kilometres and I eventually found it uh, pretty much near the start of where I'd gone onto the rougher stuff so <laughs> yep if you don't want to go backwards make sure everything's tied down um, on that note I'm going to keep on going and I'll let you know how it goes later. Good evening. I'm sat in Naseby uh, at the end of Danzy's Pass in the Royal Hotel drinking a bottle of Spate's Gold Medal Ale. Uh, when in the south, I think you should uh, do what the locals do. And uh, it's a nice drop, so I'm enjoying that. Uh, had a beautiful ride today um, from Geraldine through to Naseby. Um, left Geraldine and followed my nose, uh, as I said earlier, through to Mackenzie's Pass and then up over the Hakataramia uh, Pass. I'm sure that's a terrible pronunciation, but uh, there we go. Um, and that was amazing um, this is like a greatest hits um, of high country gravel roads each one was getting better and better um, came through there down into Kurao um, it's a nice little art deco town um, had a great uh, cup of coffee and a piece of cake in the Wild Sage Cafe, which uh, was a lovely little spot to uh, recover from the heat because, man, it was hot coming down through the valley. Um, but leaving Kuran, um rode on down to Duntroon through a bit of wine country and at Duntroon took the turn to head onto Danzy's Pass Road and that's probably the most beautiful, stunning pass I've done. Um, Kiwi Riders publisher, Veggie, keeps talking about uh, Danzy's Pass. And it's, it's beautiful. Um, just winding, twisting, uppy, downy, big mountains, wonderful scenery and um, it spits you out in Naseby and that's where I am enjoying a beer um, plans for tomorrow going to be heading from here down to, through Middlemarch and then take the old Dunstan Road and I've been told it can get pretty treacherous up there because it's got a clay base to it but they've had very little rain and they're all praying for rain here. It's very, very dry. Um, there's a lot of um, irrigation and watering going on in the fields as you come down through the valleys on the uh, stations and farms. So hopefully it'll stay dry for another day so I can get up and over the old Dunstan Road and uh, into Alexandra. So I'll update you when I get there. 
Ah, I forgot to mention. Um, I stopped at the Danzies Pass Hotel um, sometime around mid-afternoon, two or three o'clock, and I was expecting a small um, uh, or very few people to be there. Um, I was covered in dust, rather thirsty, so I pulled up, went for a beer, and it was like something, something from another world. There were women in skimpy dress, summer dresses and um, men wearing uh, shirts and ties and it seemed so out of place for um, uh, a, a pub in the middle of nowhere at the top of a pass but it turned out there was a wedding um, so it, it made sense in the end um, but I've got some tips on gravel riding um, particularly after one incident today uh, my main tip is always stay left so that's whether you're in a, a left-hander or a right-hander don't cut across onto the right-hand side of the road on a right-hander and on a left-hander go in as left and tight as you can I came into one left-hander and there was an idiot hugging the hill on uh, my side of the road uh, completely wrong side of the road and I thought I was going to go into the front of him I went I pulled right into the into the verge into the drain and he just swerved around me uh, I wonder whether he'd been to uh, uh, the Danzis Pass Hotel and had a, a few jugs before going home uh, pretty scary so yeah top tip for gravel always stay left It's a beautiful unmetalled track. You'd need a four by four, I think. And that links into the bottom of the Nevis at the north end, at the Bannockburn end. So I then turned left up over um, the, ne the Nevis track. And for a lot of it, all the way until Ben Nevis station, it's quite a highway. It's a, it's a big, wide, well-graded track. Um, but after Nevis Station, it becomes a four-wheel, mostly a four-wheel drive track, um, all the way through to Garston. And man, that was a good bit of fun. Um, Twenty-five water crossings in twenty kilometres or twenty-five kilometres. Um, a few of them were axle deep. A couple up to the cylinder heads on the BMW to the bottom. But there was one, the last crossing uh, heading south, that I, I was quite anxious uh, about riding across because it was just me. And I rode in up to the bottom of the cylinder heads, decided to back out again. And um, yeah, I scouted around either side of the track and eventually decided on a route, on a line through, um, which, which is well over the top of my boots. <laughs> And uh, I waited probably 20 minutes to see if someone else would turn up. Uh, it's always better in numbers, but it was just me. So after waiting for what seemed like forever, I uh, jumped back on the bike and took my line, which was the right-hand wheel track of the left. Um, there were two crossings, a shorter one and a, uh, on the left and a longer one on the right. Um, the right-hand wheel track of the left-hand line looked the, the shallowest. 
so I got a um, a reasonable speed not fast at all because I didn't want to flood the motor uh, and very nervously went through and when the when the water went over the top of the cylinder heads and came up near to the bottom of the fuel tank I was really worried that the plugs were going to um, short out and the bike would uh, stop dead but she just powered on through and a bit more throttle and came out the other side absolutely fine water pouring out of everywhere uh, and it didn't miss a beat so yeah I think I was pretty lucky that uh, water didn't get sucked in through the air intake um, up on top of the engine I couldn't have gone much deeper um, that's for sure um, but after that it was lots of little crossings which were up to the bottom of the cylinder heads which at that point after having been through the deep one really didn't seem like anything so um, came down into Garston uh, had a very good uh, burger called the bomb which is a pulled pork burger uh, a cup of coffee warm up a little bit and then uh, carried on through towards um, carried on through to turn right up onto the Walter Peak Road and the Mavora Lakes. I had a quick stop at the Mavora Lakes. I'd taken four hours to do, I think, uh, I was working at about 30 k's an hour as an average over the Nevis with all the, with all the gates to open and close and the water crossings. So as I had to be at um, Walter Peak for quarter past four, for the ferry um, I was a little concerned I wasn't going to get here in time but after that the, the track up through um, Walter Peak was uh, well graded gravel 80k speed limit and it was a, a breeze um, and that was very, very pretty um, whereas the Nevis actually needed some riding ability because it was wet and uh, sludgy in places I think in the winter it would be a real difficult track to ride just because of how slippery and muddy it would be. The Walter Peak Highway in comparison uh, was a bit of a super highway. Um, very pretty. Um, I got rained on a little bit um, and there's, there were plenty of uh, cattle yearlings um, running around, sprinting across the road so I had to keep an eye out for them wanting to sprint across the track in front of you. They're only relatively small cattle, but oh man, they'd take you out like uh, like you wouldn't believe, I reckon. So I'm yeah sat here waiting for the ferry, as I was saying, and 65 bucks, phone up, book in advance, and you can put the motorbike on the ferry, and it's going to take me back across to Queenstown. And from there, I'm going to fill up with fuel and uh, head over to Wanaka over the Crown Range, um, maybe stop in at the Cardrona pub, have a coffee, um, warm up a little bit, because it's, it's not a warm day today. Um, it's pretty pretty chilly, in fact. I've had the heated grips on 75% for most of the day, um, and I'm pretty glad to have them, actually. I've not had heated grips on my bikes for a long time, 
and I've really appreciated it um, this time around. Yeah, my hands really have appreciated uh, being able to keep them warm from there. Um, so, okay, I'll uh, tell you some more when I get onto the ferry. Well, that could have been a uh, bit of an error. I was sat at Water Peak having a coffee. The um, paddle boat TSS Earnslaw came in and I was chatting to the station manager and said, oh, uh, is it back for four o'clock? And he said, no, this is the last one of the day. I'm like, are you sure? I've got a four o'clock or 4.15 booking. So I, I, I had, a, had a look at the... Uh, the booking, and it was with uh, a different crowd uh, down at uh, about 10 k's further back at Mount Nicholas, not Walter Peak. So uh, lucky I spoke up and had a chat because I'd have been sat over there uh, 5, 10 k's away while um, they were waiting for me over here. So I'm now at uh, Walter Peak. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm now at Mount Nicholas. Um, which is beautiful down by the water. Um, I was kind of put off by the fact it said private property and that the gates were closed. So that's why I carried on to uh, Walter Peak initially. Oh, well, uh, I had a nice cup of coffee when I got there uh, in their wool shed. Got me out of the weather because it's a bit rainy over there. Whereas over here at Mount Nicholas, it's actually quite mild and I can see the... Uh, the the blanket of uh, wetness over on that side um, over on that a bit further around the lake so yeah um, just got to wait for another 20-25 minutes and hopefully my boat will be here um, the station manager at uh, Walter Peak kept asking and they know you've got a motorbike and I'm thinking, well, I did tell them that and they had to go off and come back to me and figure it out and say yes or no, which they did. And I confirmed it again. So, because uh, he was saying that they used to take motorbikes, uh, but now it's on more of a case-by-case -case basis because sometimes the water level's not high enough to get the right angle for the ramp onto the, onto the boat. Um... So we'll see what happens here at uh, Mount Nicholas. Hopefully it'll be fine. Um, uh, there seem to be a few different ways in and there's a, uh, an adjustable height uh, ramp with a chain and, block, chain and block and pulley system um, that looks like it can lower up and down by quite a big distance which I think is to take account of different lake levels so yeah I think we'll be alright um, my uh, my old BMW R80GS that I only bought a couple of weeks ago it's actually proved to be uh, the perfect bike for this trip um, being a, a twin it's comfortable cruising at 100k's an hour um, and it's got plenty of go for um, getting up out of hills and a bit less vibration than a single. Um, 
and it, it just works for gravel road touring. And in fact, even heading over some of the smaller tracks, it's pretty competent, as long as you don't need to be lifting the wheel to go over things like you would do with an enduro bike. Uh, she's a bit heavy and a bit not quite got enough power for that. But it's turning out to be a really good bike, so uh, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty pleased with it, actually. Yeah. All right, I'll uh, talk to you some more once I've uh, got on the boat. Hello. It's Tuesday evening, um, the day after uh, traveling uh, over the Nevis and catching the ferry from um, Mount Nicholas to Queenstown, which, to be honest, was a highlight of the trip. Um, I got uh, great treatment um, when the boat came into the wharf. Um, the captain uh, let me ride it down, let me ride the bike down the plank. He gave me the option of riding or pushing, and I just felt that pushing was going to be a little bit um, difficult in a confined space. Uh, more chance of tipping over. Um, and, it, and the uh, stainless steel ramp was dry, so uh, there was plenty of grip. And of course, all of the passengers on the ferry were uh, most amused and videoing the, uh, the moment just in case something went wrong and I flung myself and the bike into the, uh, into the lake um, so they could make a fortune on YouTube um, with some kind of fail video. Um, so thankfully that didn't happen. Um, and it was actually, it was fun. Um, if you get the chance, uh, give Southern Discoveries a call. And I think it was 65 bucks um, from the wharf at Mount Nicholas Station. And uh, the ferry comes out, grabs you and takes you back to Queenstown. Um, you might have to take your panniers off to get through the, um, uh, the, 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 the loading and offloading ramps at either end. But that just makes the bike easier to manoeuvre, so that's um, pretty uh, self-explanatory. Um, so yeah, uh, after that, came off at Queenstown, uh, rode over the Crown, Crown Range, um, down through Cardrona, which is always a beautiful ride, and the weather on that side of the lake was dry. Uh, was dry. The roads were bone dry, and it was great. Um, it's such a fantastic ride down through there. And even if you stick to the 100 uh, k per hour speed limit, it's it's still a fun, fun road. Um, there's some great corners there. Um, and I spent the evening um, on, on, the, on, the, on the waterfront having a, a beer and some food with friends that uh, have moved down to uh, Wanaka. <clears throat> so this morning... Uh, Tuesday morning, um, I rode around to Wanaka's Power Sports to see if they had a uh, a waterproof jacket or a waterproof shell just to go over the top because I was planning on riding from Wanaka up to either Hokitika or uh, Westport and I really didn't fancy being in torrential rain, which was the forecast, without um, a double uh, protection uh, from my wax cotton jacket, which is pretty waterproof. Um, 
but I just felt like uh, having an extra jacket would be uh, a bit of a bonus. So I popped in there and I had a chat with Mitch. Um, they are dealers for MV Agusta, um, Indian, Royal Enfield. And we were just chatting away and um, it turns out that they'd made a, a, a Royal Enfield Continental 650 into a flat tracker uh, for a competition uh, last year. And he uh, t- took me to see it in the workshop. What a beautiful bit of kit. I think it was an 860 big bore, um, pod filters, a different cam, forks, um, YZ450 rear hub. A really trick piece of kit. Um, making, I think he said 65 or 70 horsepower compared to the 38 or 39 at the wheel they are normally. So a 50% power increase. Um, Great bunch of guys down there. So if you're in Wanaka, pop into Wanaka Power Sports and uh, say hello. Um, So yeah, I left there um, and decided to take the West Coast. I got myself a a Scott um, waterproof uh, jacket which I did end up needing. But right now, I'm sat here in the sun in Westport, and it's beautiful. uh, I think I missed most of the weather. The timing must have been just right. Um, Most of the roads were dry, from Haast through to Fox uh, and Franz Joseph. It was mostly dry with a few heavy bits of rain, but leaving Franz Joseph, there was some heavy rain over the hill, but then after that, it's been sun the whole way. So I stopped in Hokitika, took the waterproofs off, and decided to carry on north and uh, turned left at uh, Greymouth and up to uh, Westport. So it's been a beautiful day. Um, I think I left at nine this morning and I got here at five. So it was a full eight hours with a a 15-minute stop for lunch. Um, so, yeah. if you, I think Gary from the BMW Club, Gary Williams, said to me, any day in good weather up the West Coast is a good day. And even when it's slightly patchy, it's been a good day. I've never ridden from Greymouth through to Westport before, and that's a beauty of a road. Some amazing bends and gorges through there. So if you haven't done it, go and do it. It's really, really good. Um, all right, I'm going to go and cook a steak, um, have a glass of wine, and generally chill out for the evening before heading to... Oh, where have I got to go to tomorrow? I've got to go to uh, somewhere near Picton because on Thursday, Christmas Eve, I need to be at Picton for 8 a.m. No, 7 a.m. Uh, last ferry, ferry um, uh, booking... At the time I've got to be there is latest seven, so um, I don't know where I'm going to stay yet. I quite like um, just hitting the road and decide when you get there. Uh, all last-minute stuff. But because of COVID and our closed borders, I've always found there's somewhere to somewhere to stay. Just rock up at a campsite. There's always a tent pitch, but there's nearly always a cabin as well. 
and I was chatting to a guy who was riding a Harley from the Catlins uh, down there in McCargill all the way up to Reefton and he was saying that the normally this, this section of road no matter where you stop um, it's full of camper vans and cars it's absolutely full every, every single stopping place has got five or ten camper vans in it whereas I think I've seen five or ten today at the absolute most um, the, the whole South Island is deserted which is fantastic for us not so good for the uh, people who rely on tourism and they're doing it tough at the moment so yeah get out there and enjoy the country while we can and go and see these places and spend your dollars with people with people that it's going to help um, yeah so anyway yeah uh, from here I'm heading out towards um, Picton not quite sure which route I'm going to take yet but I'm sure I'll have a look at the map um, over dinner and uh, come up with a, a plan I like this last minute stuff as I was saying so uh, I'm going to go and do some last minute alright later Well, it's Wednesday evening. I'm sat in uh, a cabin in Picton, getting out of the rain. I've had a bit of a day coming from uh, Westport through to Picton. It's been a, a real good day, actually. Very wet, but um, I can confirm the Scott jacket that I bought from Wanaka Power Sports. Um, I'm just trying to have a look and see which model it is. I don't even know. But it's got taped seams and uh, it's completely waterproof. I can say without a doubt, uh, this thing is very, very waterproof. Um, didn't let a single drop through and I didn't get sweaty either. So, yeah, that was pretty good. Um, I'll try and find out what it is at some point and let you know. Um, pretty impressed with that. Um, it's not often you get things that are 100% waterproof that actually are. So, yeah, anyway. Um, came through from Westport uh, through to Murchison and filled up with fuel, had a cup of coffee. And then turned right, um, just out of Murchison, uh, heading up to, um, oh, what's it called, Ro Lake... Rotor, Lake Rotor, mm. Lake Rotor, Rotoroa, yeah, not Rotoroa, Lake Rotoroa, Rotoroa, um, and that was a nice gravel road up to the, up to the lake, and there were a gazillion sandflies, absolutely rammed with them every time you stopped, um, thankfully because it was cold and wet, Everything was covered, but they were trying to come in through the visor, and uh, yeah, they, they were a pain. Uh, I met a young guy up there called uh, Jordan, riding I think a KMX one two five Kawasaki or KMX two hundred. He was just out touring around on his uh, on his bike, riding some tracks, and he recommended to go over the Poraka track. I think it's called the Poraka track. Um, which is a 4x4 track which goes from um, the lake 
uh, up, up some real steep switchbacks um, and through, through a bit of a, a mud bog up at the top where some 4x4s have been playing around um, to just before uh, St Arnold. And that was a real good ride, actually. He, he, his little lightweight KMX uh, was hopping from side of the track, one side of the track to the other, and um, just leaping around like a little mountain goat, whereas my uh, 30-year-old uh, BMW GS, fully laden with luggage and tank bag, was uh, a bit more ponderous. But it got up there pretty easy, actually. Um, I was pretty impressed with it. Uh, so, so fin yeah, finished that track. It turned left out of there. Glad I didn't go right because it was a dead-end road. Um, went left uh, and stopped in St Arnold for soup and a, a BLT sandwich because it was pouring down. I was absolutely... Um, my hands were wet and my feet were getting damp. Um, and you get that water going down your neck. Um, so I stopped for maybe 45 minutes or so before heading on um, up the Top House Road, which has got, got some real nice twists in it, all the way up to um, Richmond and uh, Napier. And then took the Queen Charlotte Drive, which is a beautiful twisty section of road um, that goes from uh, just out uh, Pelorus. Yeah, I think it goes from from Pelorus through to Picton, and that's beautiful. I mean, the, the road was pretty wet because it was raining, but it was still a lot of fun. Um, apart from the diesel in a couple of places, but somebody was obviously a bit too full with their tanks and it was going out the overflow. But thankfully you could see it because of that bright rainbow colour splash all along all along the road. So yeah, now sat in uh, a little cabin that's pretty, I won't call it quaint, it's more outdated at Alexander's Holiday Park. It hasn't been changed since the 70s, I reckon. She's pretty... Uh, it's, it's like a bit of Kiwiana, actually. It's quite cool in a retro kitsch kind of way. So, yeah, so the plan is to get up early, get on the ferry for uh, seven, and shoot back to Rotorua. I've had to sort out a back tyre to be shipped to me because the back tyre that's on it is a Motos or Motos, Tractionator, and it works really well, but 4,000 Ks and it's toast. By the time I get back home, there's not going to be much left of it. Um, and the Kiwi Rider team is doing the 42nd Traverse Crossing on the 28th or the 29th. Um, so I won't have a chance to get a tyre put on before then. So that if it's been wet, then there's going to be no grip from that thing at all. So I'm going for a, a Midas E07 Plus, which I've had good mileage out of on uh, Veggie, Kiwi Rider's uh, publisher's bike, his R100GS. I've had It grips well, uh, both on gravel and on the road, and it seems to last pretty well. 
so I've, I've gone for gone for one of those. Um, hopefully, it'll be at my house tomorrow, and I'm going to change it over the weekend and run over to a friend's house and use his compressor to air it up. So I'll, hopefully, I'll, I'll have a good back tire for the forty-second uh, traverse. Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll update you on how it goes fitting it because. Uh, those Mitus tyres have got pretty stiff sidewalls and beads, so they're, they're they're quite hard to change when you do it by hand with levers. Um, you'd struggle with with six inch levers. It's more like the eleven or twelve inch levers you need, and the small ones just don't have enough um, guts about them. You just haven't got the leverage. So maybe I'll add that to the podcast um, o- over the weekend, and uh, you can laugh at me uh, sweating and crying with uh, bleeding knuckles uh, we'll see uh, well it, I'm probably doing it wrong if I've got bleeding knuckles but um, yeah stout boots and maybe the side stand from another bike to try and break the bead uh, I think the last one I had to use a high lift jack on the back of the 4x4 to, to break the bead so it could be interesting right I'm going to go and have some dinner and have a beer um, I'm quite looking forward to a cold beer now it's been a pretty damp day but Everything's drying out. My little cabin is like a bomb has gone off in my luggage. Everything's out, drying. Mm. Typical uh, scene that you might expect after a wet day's ride. Right, talk to you later. So I'm sat here on the ferry. Um, it's uh, turned into a quite, quite a nice day after all the terribleness of yesterday. Um, but uh, I pulled up uh, at the ferry terminal and uh, started chatting with the guy on a Yamaha Super Tenere, which Ray will be all over. Um, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag with w- which bike he's bought yet, but um, I-, I let the cat out um, to the guy we're just going to have a chat with. So um, we'll-, we'll go from there. So tell us your name and where you're from. Hi, uh, my name's Chris, and uh, I'm from Christchurch, Rolleston, so yeah. Yep. So, uh, you're telling me that um, you're off to the uh, Boxing Day races? That's correct, yeah, going to Whanganui for the uh, Cemetery Circuit, always heard about it, never been to it, so... And take, taking a bit of a tiki tour around and as well? Then, yeah, then have a look around afterwards, yeah. Where are you off to? Um, so, Whangamomana, heard a lot about it, so the Forgotten Highway. Me and Ray and Matt all went down through there a year and a half ago, um, and it's time to go and do it because they're sealed. it's almost all sealed. Oh, really? Yeah, it's yeah. getting there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've never been to New Plymouth, so that's, you know, might as well get that one out of the way and uh, head up to the National Park. Uh, then head back down, there's a road between Tai Happy and Hastings I want to take. I've heard a wee bit about, so have a wee look at that. Oh, um, the Gentle Annie? Oh, I don't know, don't know what it's called. Yeah, it used to be um, a uh, all gravel route, and it was, uh, I think in about 2015 it was finally all... 2016 it was all sealed so oh, right yeah it's a nice it's a beautiful ride yeah, but, um, yeah. myself and Ray did it um, just after lockdown um, oh right he rode up from uh, from Wellington and mm-hmm. I rode down from Rotorua mm-hmm. and we met up in Thai Happy did did the ride in the rain and uh, <laughs> had lunch and then I went north and he went south and it, oh. it was a great little weekend away so yeah. you'll, you'll love that um, oh cool 
difficult. Right. It's good, you know, I hear a few good reports about, you know, the Forgotten Highway and now hearing about this, you know, it, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of good roads in New Zealand to, uh, to go and explore. So you're riding a Super Tenere and yeah. you were, just before we started talking, you were telling me about Iron Butt or something? Yeah, the Iron Butt Association. I think it's mainly American-based, but you can... Uh, I know of somebody who's done one here in New Zealand, and it's uh, you do a 1,000 miles in 24 hours. So I think that equates to somewhere around 1,700 k's. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, that's why they call it the Iron yeah. Butt Association. And they have other ones that go further, and it's obviously easier to do in places like the States where you've got your motorways and all that sort of stuff. But here in New Zealand, it's doable. You have, to, you have, you have to, to do a couple of laps. Yeah, just about. <laughs> well, like I was going to say, um, like I live in Rolleston, uh, I'd have to head all the way down to Invercargill. Uh, there's certain requirements. You've got to show fuel receipts and, and where you turned and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and then head up through uh, to Queenstown, Wanaka, up the west coast. And I think I'd have to go all the way around up through, yeah, 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 you have to, you can never pick that one on the west coast. Um, you come back through Reefton via Hamna, Lewis, yeah, Lewis Pass, I think. Yeah, and back to Christchurch. It's about 1,700 k's. Um, that would be a beautiful ride, actually. That would be some of the best roads on the planet, all in one big... Yeah, um, yeah, it would be a shame to be tired ride. for it, though. But yeah, it's just some good roads, some good roads. Yeah. You're talking of being wet on the west coast. We were talking earlier, weren't we, that um, I stopped at Wanaka Power Sports and bought a Scott jacket. Yeah. Tell me the, tell me the experience yeah. you've had. Well, I'm I, um, slowly building up my, uh, my the quality of my riding gear, etc. But last year, I bought one of those little Scott jackets. And uh, probably the back then, I think they were only 100 bucks. And yeah, probably I paid the best, 130, yeah. Yeah, probably the best 100 bucks as far as the riding gear is concerned because I don't know if it's because the seam sealed uh, stitching and all that sort of stuff, but not a drop of rain came through. Mm. Rode through to Invercargill a few months back and through the hail and, and everything, and it, and it was fine. I was as dry as a bone underneath. And that's what you want. You want to be dry underneath, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, I, I had the same two days, this last two days, rain for pretty much two days non-stop, and uh, I, I was dry, so mm. really can't complain about that. Mm. Mm. Um, but, uh, oh yeah, um, you were telling me that you're, you bought this Super Tenere for a trip to Aussie or something. <laughs> yeah, so well... What, what happened there? Well, or COVID, yeah, COVID. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I've, I've read the book... Um, by Twisting Throttle. Um, people might know of Mike Hyde, um, but anyway, he's done a big trip in, the, in Australia, and that sort of gave me the uh, the brainwave to do it myself. You know, there's no reason why not. Uh, so uh, a few years ago, I was looking at bikes again, and, and yeah, I, I sort of picked on the, the Tenere 1200. And uh, you set it all up for me for carrying bags and, and luggage, etc. Got the cruise control, so the long, the long Aussie roads wouldn't be too much of a possible, you know, a, a burden. Um, and I've pretty much had it all organised. I had a carnet organised, shipping all organised, insurance, the works, and then uh, yeah, it all turned to custard. Oh, it, uh, yeah, so I'm going to pencil in again for is it next year, but uh, August, September. 
and uh, yeah, give it another try. Well, I reckon um, if you get in touch with Ray um, for the podcast, he might join you. Is that right? <laughs> well, he, yeah. he's a Yamaha fanboy. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, he's got uh, this this new bike on the way, and uh, it might mm. be uh, the, mm. the perfect thing. Well, I'm lucky. I'm in a job where I can I can save my holidays and I can get the two months off uh, that I want. And winter time, we're not so busy. So, yeah, that, that's quite good. Um, I've got friends in Australia who uh, I've told them about the trip and they go, oh, oh, that'd be great. Oh, I'd like to come along for a week or something. I go, yeah, it's great, you know. Nothing's planned, you know. I, I know where I want to go. What's the route? Well, it's pretty much the main road. So start at Brisbane, work my way up to uh, uh, Rockhampton, that sort of way, then head inland towards Three Corners. I would like to go down to um, Ayers Rock, but uh, that's you know that's another 500 k's from Alice Springs. It's not right there, you know. It's still it's quite in, a distance. It's in the vicinity. Yeah, it's in the vicinity. I guess it's closer than Sydney is. You know, yeah. That sort of thing. Um, up to Darwin, then follow the coast around to Perth, right around the bottom to uh, Adelaide, Melbourne. Uh, would like to get across to Tasmania, uh, and then back up to Sydney. A couple of places like uh, Kalgoorlie and. Kuapiti, like to go and see those. So there's quite a lot there. Heard a lot about the Nullarbor Plain. Mm. Like to do that, that sort of thing. Don't they call it the Nullarboring? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> 100 miles yeah. of straightness. Yeah, and the other thing is too, people talk about uh, sun, sunset or dusk. Well, there's not a lot of dusk, but the animals start coming out. And, stuff like that so yeah it really won't be much night riding I don't think no don't I think you've got to be real real careful in Australia yeah, with, uh, yeah. with those times I've had an incident with a kangaroo on a, in, a, in a truck before but I don't, I don't want to have an incident with a kangaroo on a motorbike no, I know who's <laughs> going to come off worse yeah exactly exactly so so that's the plan um, yeah try again yeah. so did you take your time you were going to spend over there and do something with it over here, or did you just can it completely? Uh, well, I had to take my holidays, um, but I, I've, yeah, I ended up going to the North Island, having a look around in the North Island. Unfortunately, not on the motorbike, but took my car and push bike and uh, yeah. had a good look around in some places I've never been to in the North Island. So, yeah, some little out-of-way places that are really good, really cool in New Zealand. So, from what you've said, you've... Uh, been, a, been through a lot of the um, roads and passes that I've been doing and uh, a lot of people want to do. What have your favourites been? Well, it's tough because there are so many good ones. Uh, I, I, last year this time, I did a trip down to, uh, just down to Wanaka. I left Christchurch and all the way to Wanaka uh, via the west coast. And it's probably the first long trip, 600, 700k trip I've done on the Tenere. And it, it just loved it. It was great. You know, just in conjunction with the bike and that, you know, the West Coast, it's just fantastic. And it doesn't need to be a high pass or anything. It's just, you know, the West Coast itself, just fantastic. I still love the West Coast, you know, up and down those roads. Yeah, there's yeah. some beautiful sections. Yeah. Um, I'd, I'd never ridden the bit from Greymouth or Greymouth to um, Westport before. Oh, along the coast. What a great ride. Yeah, 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 lovely. Yeah, yeah. 
all the way up there. Just nice. Up, yep. Up, up past up past Pancake Rocks. Yep. And uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so that was a new one for me. Yeah. 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 So oh, we're pretty blessed here in this country, um, and uh, it doesn't worry me doing those rides half a dozen times because they're good fun. Mm. Mm. Well, yeah. Uh, each time I've come down on the bike, I I always go down through the Molesworth. Mm. Um, mm. Just because mm. you can. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. it, 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 it's stunning. Yeah. I, I was just a little bit uh, disappointed that uh, I'm so close to the opening day oh, of the uh, rainbow. Of the rainbow <laughs> yeah. But we couldn't go through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas Ray and Matt will be coming down in um, the middle of January. Mm. And they're going to be doing a, as I said, a, a, a little loop. Perfect round trip. Yeah, yeah. Down the Molesworth, up the rainbow. Yeah, perfect. Right. Spare a thought for. Uh, Matt, who's going to be going all the way from um, Cambridge down to Wellington on on his little um, Honda CRF 250 rally. Oh dear! And then across down to the Molesworth, um, stay in Hanmer, back up through the Rainbow, back along to Blenheim, and then all the way back from Wellington back up to. Um, well, I've got a wee WR250, and I'm pretty sure I wouldn't like to do those sort of kilometres <laughs> on it. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt loves that little thing, but, yeah. but he does want to get the seat sorted. I, I said in the, in the meantime, he should get himself one of those uh, sheepskins. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then maybe grow a mullet to go with grow it. Grow a mullet to go with it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You look about yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine has a CRF450L, and I tried that one day. And it's like the power and everything was fantastic. You know, it's like I don't want to ride that bike too much because I get used to that power and mm. I would like it. You know, it'd be good. But the trouble but with them is they've got the service intervals are terrible. Exactly, they're, they're just a road legal motocrosser. Yeah, it takes about a litre of oil and it has to be changed every eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, just about. Yeah, <laughs> but also the seat was like a, you're on a, a razor edge, so you either butt was off one side or your butt was on the other side. It's just rolling mm. over. It's like not wide enough. No. I mean, the WR comes up with a lot of people come up with a lot of criticism on the seat, but it's not that bad. The CRF one was horrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you do what a lot of people do that ride those bikes? Do you wear like those cycling shorts with a chamois in them? Uh, I've not actually. I've not actually thought about doing that. Yeah, that, that that's uh, Reggie, our publisher. He um, he he's a big fan of. Um, Right. Cycling shorts, yeah, just yeah, a bit yeah. of extra padding. Oh, okay, well, I'll try that. And I've got a few of these rides coming up that I want to do next year. So yeah, yeah. so I think you said you ride push bikes anyway. So yeah, I do. You, yeah, you yeah, probably yeah. got a set of those uh, speed machine yeah, uh, lycra shorts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, um, we're going to settle in for uh, the crossing. Uh, another cup of coffee, maybe, and um, pick it up on the other side. Well, I got off the boat, um, and who did I find waiting at the wharf for me but the one and only Ray Heron. And I'm sat here with him in the Hutt Valley, Silverstream, I think, having a cup of coffee, about my eighth for the day, and a little Christmas bun. And uh, he's uh, rocked up on his new bike, um, which I think is still under wraps, but I think at this point, by the time you hear this, it won't be under wraps. So... Uh, Ray Heron, uh, let's turn the tables. What are you up to? 
oh, what am I up to? Well, this, this, this weirdo guy just got off a boat and started following me up the motorway uh, on, a, on an old BMW. Um, yeah, no, good day, good day. What are we, pre-Christmas now? But this, this will probably go live, yeah, January. So we can say, yeah, I got a, I got a Tenere 700. Look at that. I, I tell you what, <laughs> it, it's caused a bit of a, a stir. I mean, just sat, sat in a little coffee shop. At least three people have gone past, stopped, had a look. One person even came in to have a chat about it. Let's talk about your bike, though, just quickly. Your bike, it's a bit, it's a bit special. The R80G slash S um, is, is quite a pretty picture, and it's black and yellow. The old dude walked past it, had a good gander at that, but didn't actually stop walking, no. and then stopped walking to look at mine. Yeah, well, it's, it, it does look very pretty in the um, classic Yamaha white and red colours. Um, yeah, it does look nice. Um, and just for those out there that are listening that know their GSs, mine isn't a G slash S. Okay. Um, no, that, that, that was the first uh, R80 GS. This is a 90, uh, 92, which is just an R80 GS. Oh. Yeah, the G slash S was a slightly different model, um, the original model. So, yeah, this is the second second generation. It was cooler when I thought it was a G slash S. Sorry, sorry to disappoint. Uh, all right, well, I'm going to jump back on the bike and head north. I've got to be back in Rotorua. It's Christmas Eve, um, gone lunchtime, and I've got to be back this evening before the supermarket closes so I can have some food for Christmas Day. Um, what are you up to on Christmas Day, Ray? Uh, leg of lamb, first time I've ever cooked one, so I'm going to be doing a slow-cooked leg of lamb. And, of course, got the young fella, two, almost two, He's um, this is his first real oh, Christmas that he's Christmas yeah, first one that he's he's kind of known about. Uh, doesn't know anything about Santa, but ho ho, it's all about ho ho. There's a ho ho tree. There's a red dude. There's a dude in a red suit. He's he's called ho ho. Oh, there's a bit of moisture coming in. Yeah. On that note, I'm gonna shoot. So there you go, a massive, massive tour of Canterbury and Otago. Thank you very much, Ben, for taking us along there and uh, and interjecting your summer roadie with uh, recording some podcast bits. Lewis Valley, Okuku Pass, Danzies Pass, Mackenzie Basin, Old Dunstan Road, Paraka Track, Molesworth Road, uh, Hakataramia, Nevis Road, just to name a few. There was a lot more in there as well. And if you'd like to know more about any of these uh, email us podcast at kiwirider.co.nz we will be back into normal transmission next week with news from uh, Kiwi Rider magazine and onthrottle.co.nz and a whole lot more till then I've been Ray get the rubber side down throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time Kiwi Rider